check-in, one through ten, where would you say Miss Boso Diase is at this moment? Okay. I think it's hard to answer that question. I would say seven, just because it's my favorite number. <laughs> seven is the cop-out number. Everybody always does that. It's easy because it's like, oh, I'm not middle of the road, but I'm not awesome. I'm seven. Yeah. It's like that. Uh, but I really, okay. And I, I think the reason I said it's hard is because context, right? Uh, I was uh, at a, like a prayer meeting yesterday and uh, they brought up a girl that just passed away. And it was like, oh, people are no longer here. Right. I have life. It kind of helped me change like everything I was processing that was wrong with the world was no longer wrong in yeah. that moment of like, okay. Whoa. So before then, how did you feel? One oh, two, nah, I was like a three. Really? <laughs> yeah. I think I've been in my head a lot. And I was actually telling somebody earlier yesterday of like, this week is real mundane. I'm tired. I'm like, like we were talking about earlier in this, I think the tension of transition, the tension of growth is something that isn't necessarily acknowledged. There's this thought in your mind, like I should be there. And when you are visionary, you see yourself there, but you're not there. You mm-hmm. hear. So mm-hmm. then it's like, ah, <laughs> oh, <God>. yeah. <laughs> uh, and so it can be frustrating. So, in the way I talk and the way I, I feel like I act, I know I've grown in spaces to be there, but I'm still here. Right. So what are the steps to get there from here? Yeah. And that's like the process and the tension of transition that I think if you focus too much on the, ah, it can get frustrating. In that, ah, though, right. And you see the light and you see what, God has graced you for like, you know, inside of you that, hey, I got it. Like yeah. there's something in me. How are you able to change your perspective? If you hadn't gone and, and heard that story, how long does it usually take you to get out of that state? And what are the steps you do to do so? I'm starting off real hot right <laughs> now, but just thinking off of it. Yeah. Because how do you work through that moment? I think for me, one of the things is getting it out of you is like saying it to someone. I think if you keep it in, it's in and it grows, it becomes and evolves into something different. So getting it out, but then taking it to the Lord, like one, usually the first step is for me, getting it out before the Lord uh, and then taking it to community. Like, "Mm, this is kind of what my heart was saying. Yeah. Uh, and then being grateful. I think when you go to the Lord. Oh, I'm so bad. I am so sorry. <laughs> it's okay. <Keep> <laughs> uh, when you, when you kind of go before the Lord and you just start thanking him and remembering all that he's done. Like right now we're recording in a home that Edson and I purchased in March of this year. Yeah. That's that awesome. was something that didn't happen last year but I'm still frustrated because there's other steps I need to, I need to be on my grind. I need to be doing, but it was like, wait, We've had to paint all the walls. We had to decorate the house. We had to transition. And there's all those little things that usually you don't think about, 
when you're trying to hit the big steps. And so pausing, saying like, thank you. God, thank you for my car. Thank you. It was clean. Thank you for my house. Thank you for food. I learned a new recipe the other day. All of that takes time. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that I have the time to do those things, it kind of changes your heart perspective. That's beautiful. I think you kind of articulated that perfectly. I always say when you start with service instead of survival, like mm. when you're, I got to strive, I got to go, I got to get it. But you're starting with service and thankfulness and you understand and you see the evidence of everything God's done in your life. It changes your heart yeah. and it changes your devoted perspective and and you're able to see and view your situation different. I think yeah. there's one thing you just said there that you take it to community. What happens when because a lot of the times <laughs> you go to community uh-huh. with, man, I'm struggling like I'm trying to get it. <laughs> And they don't have nothing for you. Like uh, you lean on them, uh-huh. you count on them in those moments <laughs> and they're supposed to charge you. Like what uh-huh. happens when they leave you out to dry and you're kind of by yourself? How do you work through that? Like if you didn't have that community, what makes you change that perspective? I think uh, one, I want to acknowledge something you just said. Uh, you talked about service. And I think that's one of the things we have to realize is our lives are service. And so I'm walking through something so that Billy Bob or Sally Sue won't have to walk through it. Right. So I can take what I'm learning and give it away to them. And so a lot of times in switching from survival to service, it's this thought of, okay, I'm not staying here. (laughs) this is going to be different next year. Like this is going to be different in two years, three, like I'm going to always keep elevating. And so if I see it as service, like, Oh, I'm in the middle of some hard stuff, but I'm getting out of this. And I'm going to be able to show people how, when they're in the middle of their hard process, I think that's why this podcast is beautiful because it's, it's documenting. It's a service. Uh, I think so many times we want to, only okay hear my heart uh we both grew up in the church Mm -hmm. Uh, we're both still believers still following christ uh but there was a time period where a lot of people back in the day and i'm speaking from a lens of the church because that's what i knew a lot of pastors could not say what was really going on so it'd always be the high moments and then 25 years ago, when I was in fear, <laughs> I mm-hmm. overcame by X, Y, and Z. And you're like, wow, I'm a sinner. Yeah, <laughs> fact. I'm over here like wrestling uh, and they good. Yeah. There's no issues. Whereas now I think one of the beautiful things about our generation and kind of the pivots, I think COVID and lockdown helped with this. Even people had to face themselves. People had to get real with themselves. So it became, there's no longer a, I've been good five years ago, 10 years ago, 25 years ago. It's like, no, like (laughs) last week. Yeah. (laughs) Let me tell you this morning, I, uh, we have to be real and realizing that it's not about proving that you survived. It's, we all go through hard things in life. And if I document it, if I actually take the time as I'm going through this hard thing to realize this can serve somebody else, uh, then we come out stronger and better. And 
actually have a blueprint for others. And so again, I love this podcast because it's helping others. It's giving a blueprint versus in 10 years, once Norrin made it, like he was millionaire, had all these businesses. Then he started a podcast and said, you know, 25 years ago, <laughs> I would write in my diary about talking tough. And it was just, but nobody cared. Like, yeah. I wouldn't care. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Uh, but the fact that as you're going on your journey, it's not just about you making it. You want to serve others and see them make it as well. I think that's the kind of lives we have to. Man, one, hearing that from my big sister, that it means more than, sorry, just some Joe Schmo, if you're listening. You're not some <laughs> Joe Schmo, but hearing this from my big sister, I'm very appreciative. It means more. But the blueprint, I guess, take me to your blueprint as that mm-hmm. blueprint is being written, your early days. Yeah. Fort Worth, Texas. Fort Worth, Texas. Take me to that start. What was that little girl like? And what were the factors that made that person then into who you are today? I think I can tie that to the other question you asked me about uh, when you take it to your friends and they're not really <laughs> helping you, <laughs> serving you. Um, I, we grew up, I mean, we had a, a funny childhood. I don't think it's one of these weird things because we're Nigerian. So there's this like, don't share these things. (laughs) Oh my God. So again, you don't get it out of you and it's just growing in you and you're over processing your, your, maybe some of it is truth, but you don't know if you're actually crazy or if that person is crazy, like you have no idea. You're just processing, processing. So a lot of my childhood was over processing, over analyzing, sizing everything up. Uh, But it brought me to a place where one, um, I mean, I know you've already shared it. Like our dad was gone for 10 years. Uh, so for us, we were in seventh grade and we didn't see him again until after we graduated. Well, we saw him, but we didn't live with him again until after we graduated college. Our mom had to go get the bag because there was four kids to raise. Then that meant we grew up fast. I feel like we had to grow up faster. We had to change our perspective. And also being the child of immigrants, I think people don't understand, like immigrants are coming into a country. They don't, there is no understanding of the way y'all operate, the way you work, the way we're coming in with different eyes from a different place, stepping into something completely different. And you saying some other stuff and we have to figure out this, raise our children, build strong lives. Oh, and my husband is gone. I have to do it by myself. And I, I always, man, when I think about our mom, uh, I just honor her. Like I cannot, the, I think because of the way I was raised, I've honored my mom more. Uh, obviously I honor my dad. So I'm not saying yeah. the two are against each other, but I've just, I've seen a lot of people downgrade their parents or degrade their parents when I'm like, do you understand? Exactly. <laughs> like, I don't think you understand what you're hey, when you like get mature and that does it. Yeah. Like you see the world differently. Yeah. So when we I called dad after we bought this house, I was like, oh, I understand. Cause he used to turn off the lights. Yeah. <laughs> turn down the AC like the AC me at 78, <laughs> sweating hot, pissed. I was like, oh I, I get it now. Hey, Genix, you going off.